0: You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jammin. Hey everyone, it's Michael Jammin. Welcome back to Screenwriters Need to Hear This, the podcast. We talk about writing, not just for screenwriting. I'm here with Phil Hudson. Hey, Phil. Hey, happy to be here again. Phil's back. We're talking more writing stuff. So this, even though I say, I just jump right into it. This is a note, by the way, I heard one of these.
1: Real fast, I just want to say. Yeah. Everybody talks so long at the top of their podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah. We and don't. one note I read, it's like, hey, everyone's doing that, so you shouldn't do that. So I'm like, all right. So <laughs> we, we've never done that. We always just drive, jump right in. I'm anxious to get to it. uh So it doesn't matter whether you're writing a screenplay, a novel, play, whatever you're writing. How do you know when it's done? And I know this. I know this for a fact. I hear this so many, so often from people. They're writing. They're rewriting. They don't know if they're making it better or worse. They're probably making it worse. They don't know. And, But the truth is, 95% of writing is rewriting. It just is. The first draft is supposed to suck. That's why you're not supposed to worry if it sucks. It's supposed to suck. You put it down on paper and you can rewrite it. You know, No one has to see it. You're the one who has to see it. And so how do you know when it's finally done? And there's such an easy test. Uh, I talked about this once in It's like, yeah, people are like blown away. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. This is what I would do. Uh, And it's easy. You write your script. You put it away. You look at it with fresh eyes two weeks later. For me, it's two weeks is the magic number. After two weeks, I forgot that I wrote it. It's all fresh. It's all new to me. But if you have a better memory, give it a a month or whatever. Uh, Read it. And then when you finally think it's done, when you finally think you have something, after writing and rewriting and rewriting, and it may take you a year, depending on how how your schedule is. You want to give it to someone. You don't have to give it to a Hollywood insider. Or you don't have to give it to a professional. Just give it to someone whose opinion you trust. And that could be your mom. It could be your best friend, whoever. And you're just going to, before you give it to me, you're going to rip off the title page and you're going to say, Hey, I want you to read this script or this, whatever, this manuscript, whatever you're doing. I want, I want to get your thoughts on it. Now they're going to say, knowing that you're a writer, they're going to say, Oh, did you write this? And at this point you're going to lie and it's okay to lie you're going to say uh, no i know I, I just want to know what you think about it cuz if you tell if they say you wrote it you're not going to get the, you know the truth they're going to pull punches and you don't want pull punches you want them to tell the truth so then you're they're going to say this they're going to say what do i know i don't i'm not a hollywood director i'm not a, a movie executive how do i know if it's any good and then you're going to say it doesn't matter what you, it doesn't matter you're the audience you'll know if it's good if you want to turn the page, if you want to find out what happens next, and this applies to a comedy, a drama, a thriller, whatever you're reading, if you don't want to turn the page, it's no good. That's the end of that. If you do want to turn the page, it is good. And anyone is capable of figuring that out. You don't have to be trained. You don't need an MFA in creative writing. You don't have to work for a movie studio. And, and by the way, like I said, they're the audience. So if a movie director loves your script or, you know, or a movie executive or a TV executive loves your script, they're still gonna wonder, "What will an audience like this? So we're just skipping that step. We're going right to the audience. And that can be your mom or your best friend or whoever. And so give them a week or two, however long you think they need to read it. And then when they come back, say to them, if, if they say, what did you think? And if they give you this response, if they say, oh, it was good, it was good. Or if they say, I like the part where I thought she was interesting. I thought that's not what you're asking. Did you enjoy it? Did you want to turn the page? Did it When you got to page 20, did it feel like I'd given you a gift? Or did it feel like I gave you a homework assignment? Now, here's the hard truth. Like, almost always it's going to be, you gave me a homework assignment. It's, that's right. just how they're going to come back. It's, it's so hard to hit it out of the park. And so you're just going to have to go back and re-, you know, do all the things that you need to do to make it better. And that means starting the story sooner, making the characters fresh or original, making the dialogue pop, all the stuff that we talk about. You're gonna to have to start going back and doing this. And I wanna stress, I am, I'm just as guilty uh, as anyone else is. I've, um, I can remember once on Marin, my partner turned, when we were running show Marin, we turned into script to the studio and they did not like it, and I tried arguing with them, telling them why they should, li- why they were wrong, why they should like it, you know, because I didn't want to rewrite it. But we eventually rewrote it, and it became much better. Uh, and it's the same thing for my collection of personal essays that I wrote. I remember one story I wrote, I gave it, I gave it to a couple people, and no one was crazy about it. And so I had to go back and rewrite it because if they don't like it, what's the point, you know? And so you have to, you know. I, you, it wasn't in, that story wasn't anyone's favorite story. It wasn't hitting them in the heart, so I had to dig deeper. I had to come at it from a different angle and dig deeper. And so, and so, and, and until you get that glowing response from people, um, then your script isn't done. And if it's not done, you, you're not gonna. Sh- you don't want to show it wider. You don't want to show it to an industry professional, someone who could potentially help you. If it's not done, that's not gonna reflect well on you.
1: You had a comment once that it's braver to hand out bad work than it is to hand out good work.
0: Right. I, said, I don't know if I said that. It,
1: it's not, it's like, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was like, it's, I said, it's actually, it's, it's actually ballsier to hand out stuff. Right. That's not good than it is to take the time to write something. That's great.
0: It was, it was in reference to this. Cause when I, you saw my, my show that I put on a couple weeks ago, uh, paperwork, my one man show. And so when I, first time I did it, a friend said to me, because it's very vulnerable up there and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sharing everything. And she said, it's so brave of you to do this because I'm really being vulnerable on stage. And it's very easy to be judged. And I said to her, thank you. It was a compliment. She meant it as a compliment, but the truth is it would have been braver of me to go up there and, and perform something Mm. that was bad because then people would be judging me instead No one, the judgment I got afterwards was like, wow, you're so courageous or this was great. You really moved me. It wasn't, wow, you're, I can't believe you're, you were such a dick that time. (laughs) And both stories, I was a dick in both stories, but no one said that to me afterwards. Wow, you're a dick. They said, wow. So human. Yeah, you're human. Human
1: stuff. Yeah. No, it's great. And thank you for uh, reminding me of what the context of that was, but it's, it's that thing, right? Uh, Be brave and put out your best work that you can do. Yeah. Right yeah as you're putting this thing out there why do you think people struggle to to wrap it up like with a project what do you think it is that's preventing them from from ending because i I don't know that i buy that people don't know when their story's done i think what it is is there's a trepidation for a lot of people to stop it because then they have to start the process again
0: yeah there's I, i i agree with that they'd have to start the process and I think they don't want to finish because maybe they feel maybe they know it's no good but the truth is you only get better by writing the next piece this one is a c plus it'll never be higher than a c plus so you're going to have to write next piece and your next piece and then five years from now when you have whatever 10 pieces under your belt or however much you have you will notice that the last one is way better than that first c plus you're never going to make that c plus into a b minus or an a for that matter so, yeah. but the last one could easily be an A because you've learned how to do it. That's how you learn.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that's something I wrote down here on my notes for this was, I've carried this as far as I can. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm not, it, this is, I've reached my potential now, but that doesn't mean that that's gonna be my potential next week or next month or a year from now or two years from now or 10 years from now. Because if we believe that we're constantly growing, you know, we can only hike so far. We can only run so far, but as we train and train and train, the muscles develop, we are a system, We develop a system and a muscle memory, it gets better and better and better, and then we can go further the next time. But for now, I have carried this as far as I can, and that doesn't mean that it's, I've failed. In fact, I've succeeded because I have finished something most people right. will only talk about.
0: Exact. most people will only talk about, exactly. And you know, the thing that I'm doing now, like you, as you know, like my passion work is the paper orchestra, which I'm writing and performing. And part of me laments the fact that, like, ah, I just wish I had started this when I was younger, when I was 25. Then, mm-hmm. then I could have really done something with it. But the truth of the matter is I couldn't write back. I didn't know how to write the way I do now. I couldn't mm-hmm. have done it back then. It just would have been not it would not have been possible. And I'm finally I said this during one of the Q&A's of, that I that I did after after each show, I do a and a uh, And I said, like, I'm the writer that I've always, that I wanted to be in college. In college, I wanted to be, this is what I wanted to do, but I couldn't, I just didn't know how to do it. It took 25 years of writing every freaking day to get to the level I am at now. Wow. And so it's like, but what's the rush? And you know, what's yeah. the rush?
1: For me, you know, what I think about is, this is the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. Do you see how thick that thing is? Yeah. That is bodybuilding, right? Like to develop like Dorian Yates style muscle. It's ridiculous and bodybuilding is not something you go to the gym, like you go to the gym and you can lift weights or you can go to the gym and do bodybuilding but bodybuilding at a professional level is tracking every gram of food you put into your body mm. specified to specific macronutrients specific supplements specific blood work making sure that you're tracking all those things hours in the gym working on specific muscle movements mentally yeah. focused on that mind muscle connection that is not something that's gonna happen overnight. It takes a decade to get there, right? right? So it's tr- the training, the doing is the training to get you to where you wanna be. We're just, and I think this is a, a function of immediate gratification that exists in our mm-hmm. world right now where I can go to the grocery store and get food instead of having to plant the seed, tend to the farm, tend to the food, to water it, tend to it, protect it from the birds, protect it from the elements, harvest it seasons later. Right. We can just get these things. We can get anything we want right now, social media, whatever it is. I think that there's a tendency to want the end result now without putting in the work.
0: Yeah, and, and if you're not enjoying the process, then then forget what are you doing any of this for? If you're worried about, well, will it sell? Will I ever make any money from it? And and you're just and this all feels like uh this is torture for you and, and it can be hard, writing can be really hard. Sure. If you're not enjoying the pro then what are you doing it for? Do pick up a different Pick a pickleball or something. Do something else. uh If you do something you enjoy, you know.
1: Uh, On that note, you've you've brought this up a couple times. You've said that writing is not necessarily fun. Yeah. But 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 that's a different thing from what you just said, right? Because if you you said if it's if it's torture to you, stop doing it. Because I hate the process of rewriting, and the um, the. Inertia that it takes, like the momentum it takes to get past the inertia to write, to sit down and write, can be incredibly trying at times. Mm -hmm. But when I sit down and I write, the entire rest of my day is better. I'm nicer. I'm a better person to my family. Traffic doesn't bother me as much. I'm in that meditative zone of creating and focused on this one thing. And my soul knows that's what I should be doing. So as hard as it is, the end result and the joy and the energy i get from that is so much more so much greater than any other part of it so to me that's why i know this is why i'm a writer because this is the way it felt the first time i did it this is the way it feels every time i do it
0: most writers and i agree with that i know i contradict myself a little most writers will say they they enjoy having written because it's that satisfaction that you get the process it's hard and if you do it right it's hard i feel. And, but it's the satisfaction of, you know, running up a hill, like that's hard too. But when you get to the top, you go, okay, you know, that was good. Yeah. Uh, it's like anything else, it's hard. So, uh, yeah, but it's all very, it's all about that process, you know.
1: So You talk, you put out a social media post and we might've talked about this, you know, within the last month or two on the podcast, but it was titled Polishing That Turd. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do, do you have any specifics from that video that we could apply here? So like, do
0: I've, I've We say that a lot. It's like at some point people have the script and they, they love it. And they put invested so much time and energy into it and they just want to make it better. But at its core, it's not, this. the structure is not right. The story structure, or maybe there's not even a good enough story there to sustain a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is. And so they'll keep polishing that turd and they are trying to put a shine on it and it's, it, it will always be a turd. And so you just have to let it go and know that it wasn't wasted. Like it's not wasted time. That that script, even though you couldn't finish it, even though it's terrible or whatever, and you'll never get it above a C, uh, it's okay. It serves its function. The function is to get you to the next level, to the next project where you're gonna get better and better and better. So it's not wasted time. Uh I even did I did a post about that today, talking pretty much about that same thing. It's like, you know, what I talked about, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but I think there's a temptation for people when they start their project, they want to build a world. They want to Mm -hmm. create a fantasy, uh, these characters and invest all this time and energy into these characters that they don't know or understand. And the problem is they, what they really should be doing is writing about stuff that's much closer to their heart, writing about things that they can write to things that come from inside, but people are afraid to do that. They're afraid of sharing themselves or being judged or putting themselves into the work and so they Mm -hmm. it's much easier to create these other characters but if you don't understand yourself how are you going to pretend to understand these five characters that you created if you don't understand why you do certain things but people don't want to look at that it's just too difficult and too painful they would rather not do it ignoring the fact that the reason why almost certainly the way the reason why they got into writing in the first place was to take something from inside them turn it into something better and share it. And yet they don't do it because like, I remember one of the very first things that my first writing teacher said, this is 30 years ago. He, are you in psychoanalysis? He says, are you in psychoanalysis? That's how old he was. Psychoanalysis. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not, what do you mean? I'm not crazy. Why do I need that? But what he meant, he just couldn't say was like, you need to understand yourself. You need to make understand why you do the dumb things that you do so that you could have, your characters do dumb things and make it feel real and, and plausible. I didn't understand it at that point, but that's what he was saying.
1: That's a really important nugget right there. Yeah. Uh, to your point on this, you know, just go back to March of 2022. We had a conversation about how I struggle to write about my background, you know, because I grew up um, mm-hmm. Mormon or LDS. And I don't want to be preaching in my scripts. And I also don't want to tear down this thing that I appreciate uh, that that is important to me. So I've just never been able to conceptualize how do I even do that, uh, and and I think that being in this process with you, seeing how things are done, witnessing what you're doing with your uh, with a paper orchestra has actually turned that around for me. So this last story I broke, which is on my whiteboard right now, is about that. It's about being Mormon, and I think you can
0: do that. And I think
1: and I and know I know I can. I know I can, and I found that I found the way to do it. And what's and I, and I, mm-hmm. I want to get to this next point because I think this is also really important. Talking about that vulnerability that you have in your show and that vulnerability that you put out there. I broke this story and I did it. And I was like, I, I, I broke it. I sent it to a couple of writers from the writer's course that you have. Um, we did Zoom calls. We reported back on it. They're like, this is great. I can't wait to see the next version. I'm like, cool, I'm going to move forward with that. And then I go see your show. And the I've t- I talked on the last episode about this one piece you did, The Ghoul, which, yeah. which really touched me. Uh, in a really deep way. And I came back thinking from that, holy shit, I am, in pardon the language, I am depriving myself of the opportunity to go deep here. And it's because I'm worried about other people I know in my faith are going to think about me when I if I do this. And none of them are ever going to see this. right? Yeah. And if they do, it's because it's, it's reaching and touching people in a way that needs to be shared. And that's awesome. And so I owe it to myself to be as raw and honest about this as I can. And that's what I'm doing. I'm literally, that's my job this weekend, is to rebreak this story, to mm-hmm. go there, to get deeper into what it is, what are the nuances and, and you know, forgetting the word, but the, the details about being a, a Latter-day Saint who doesn't agree with the politics of the region in 2022 and that's that's where I'm going with this thing because and it's not
0: like of, you're taking down your religion if you were no. if you are any religion whether you're Jewish, Roman Catholic, whatever you are, there's going to be contradictions in your religion itself mm-hmm. that you may have trouble reconciling and that's just interesting. It doesn't mean you're taking it down. It doesn't mean you're uh you're leaving the church. It just means hey, there's you know, hey, you're I'm <laughs> having I'm having doubts or I'm understanding, you know. Sure. There's contradictions. It's okay. You're just examining it.
1: And I know people don't care about, you know, they don't like when I talk about religion. That's not the point of this conversation. What I'm talking about is like religion to me is your family to you, or it's the Boy Scouts if you were in Boy Scouts, or it's whatever it is that you is unique to your life. It's college football. It's high school football. It's the wrestling team. It's whatever it is that you experience in your life that you are so your identity is tied to. Right. That is what we're talking about. Um, And for me. Um, I think that it's really just coming to terms with the fact that my church actually openly encourages you to build a testimony for yourself of what we believe. And that's not something I need to be afraid of. I'm not afraid of shaking my testimony or ruining my, my faith and my my religion by doing this. So why am I worried about what other people think about my internal personal belief set? Right. right. Yeah, right. So I get to explore you, that. And that's, that's a beautiful gift that you've given me because of a paper orchestra. Is, um, and, I, and I'm there now, and I wasn't there. you know. Going back to saying, this is a C plus, it's never gonna be an A. Well, I'm just a different writer now than I was just even in March, and, and I can go there now. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm looking forward to that process.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I just watched last night, I was surprised. Uh, we watched, um, Jonah Hill has a documentary on Netflix called Stutz.
1: I he heard talks. it's great.
0: Yeah, I really, I was really surprised. I really enjoyed it. He just talks to his therapist and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but basically he kind of goes into some of the things that we're saying here, which is like, just figuring out who you are, mm-hmm. what your demons are and why you do things and just getting to just a place of honesty. And then once you're honest with yourself, it's, everything's fine. It's the lies that really <laughs> that hurt you. Yeah. The honesty <laughs> is not the part that hurts you. But it takes, but people think it yeah. is, so they don't want to go there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But go uh, watch it. It was really wonderful. It was wonderfully done, and uh, I, I really, yeah, I, I really, I thought it was great. Yeah,
1: I love that. I, I'm definitely gonna add it to my list of things to do. Um, a couple thoughts, just kind of circling back to this conversation of knowing when your script is done. You know, we talk about being vulnerable, and we talk about like not wanting. To, you know, I think there are some people who are like, "How do I know when it, I've done enough?" And I think the answer is. Like you just know, like, you know, and, and for me, it's you- easy. Cause
0: I got a deadline. It's like, well, I got to <laughs> turn
1: this thing. In. I'm done. You know, and I well, also that, know that leads to my next question. So go ahead.
0: But I also know when I turn it in, if there's problems, people, people like to find problems. So I'll let them do their job. I don't, I, I, I no longer feel like it has to be perfect because they're going to, they're going the people who I work with, the executives, <laughs> they have to, they got to do something. So I'll let them, Point out something that they don't like, and then we'll fix it in the next draft. It's always it's about steps. I'm no longer uh, crazy about about. Uh, I'm not so worried about that first draft anymore. You no. know, let them let them come in, do their job, and take crap on it. That's. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free. Join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you. And it's absolutely free. Just go to Michaeljamin.com slash
1: watch list. So for me, I think that it's, it's, uh, you just know what it is because you've reached a point where, I can no longer service this. Right. And so I need, it is time to set it aside. And so yeah. then the question is for me, you know, there was one project that I wrote and it took me two years to get to a point where I was like that point. And you know, thinking back, it's like, man, I wasted like a lot of opportunity to write more things and have more samples because I was just stuck in the world of this thing. And now I'm like, well, I can go back and rewrite that. And I literally had this conversation yesterday. I can't do that because it's a disservice to every other project that I want to write that I can do be yeah. a better job with now. There's no point in going back to that. It's good enough for what it was, and it got me to where right. I am today. And I need to move on to the next step. So right. um, this. Void between this project and the next project, right? I think that there are a lot of people who are afraid of that, you know? Like I said earlier, they don't want to start again. You know, they have to start mm-hmm. this process again. So I was just listening to Stephen Pressfield, um, who wrote War of Art, Turning Pro, Do the Work, really prolific in that space. He also wrote Legend of Bagger Vance, a uh, ton of military history books. He was a screenwriter and he's a novelist. Uh, he was on the Tim Ferriss podcast and he was talking about this process of, you know, when do you write? And, and by the way, I apologize for jumping around, people, but I'm a lot of thoughts coming here that I think are important to to note. So, Stephen Pressfield has often said that there is being a pro means you sit down and you write no matter what. You do not wait for um, for moment for what am I talking about? Inspiration. Uh, moment, inspiration. You don't wait for inspiration to strike you. You sit down and you just write. Yeah. And he quotes this guy in one of in his book, The War of Art. He said, do you wait for inspiration to write or do you sit down and write? It? I wait for inspiration and luckily it strikes at 930 every single morning, right? Mm-hmm.
0: right? So he talks
1: about inspiration. So you talk about that. Being a professional, sitting down and writing, you don't feel like it. But then he yeah. talks about this process of, you know, when you finish something, the next day or that day, you start the next thing. You don't wait around, mm-hmm. right? For him, it's about that momentum. He even says that part of his process, he will, when he knows he's getting close to the end of that thing, he'll start working on the details of the next thing so that it's ready for him. As soon as he writes the end, he can move into the next thing to keep that momentum. It's that important yeah. to him
0: to keep going. I think going. that, I, think, I agree with that. I think that's wonderful. You know, today, it's funny you say, because I hadn't started writing, uh, I just finished this, the, the, my book, and then I'm performing it, and I hadn't, dedicated any time to writing the next books. I have a sequel I wanted to do, right? But I hadn't done any, because I was just concentrating on this. And so, you know, getting that done, these performances. And so today I sat down, that empty you know, piece of paper, and it's, it, it was, it's as if I've never written before in my life. It was like, how do I do this? I had an idea for a story. But it was like, how do I begin? I don't know. And so I began, I, I, I wrote three different openings for it. I was not happy with, the first two, I go, this is boring. Because my mind, I knew what I wanted to do. Because like, all night, I think about you know, how I want to structure the story. And so I started it. I was like, these are all terrible, terrible. And so I think I hit on an opening right now, which I like. But um, yeah, I, I, I got it. I can't tell you. I can't stress. It's hard for me, too. It's not just hard for all oh, you guys listening. It's hard for me, too.
1: Yeah. So how soon? And so that was my question. How soon between one project? to the next like how what's the void between those and two personally but also between you and your writing partner
0: well uh for, you know, for for the personal stuff i'm doing with my book like i didn't want to wait this long but i really had to concentrate on perform i had all these performances i was doing so i really wanted to put all my energy into that yeah. so there's that uh but with my partner we're well, always- generally,
1: for yourself generally how long because you wrote you wrote for years, you wrote this book yeah. of essays. How yeah. long between one essay to the next would you give yourself? Do you take a break in between? Do you keep moving forward?
0: Oh, how did I do it? I I would finish it, and then I would think about the next one, and I have a list of ideas that I want to tackle. And so, But I I would try to jump right in as soon as possible. I, I think, basically, I'd give it to my wife, and then she'd have notes on it. And as soon as I got into a decent enough shape with her, then I would start the next one, like, real fast, like, a matter of days, if I, the sooner, the better, uh, it's just, you know, sometimes your schedule doesn't permit, but it was, with, with my partner and I, we're always working on the next project because, you know, it's a grind because you don't know what's going to sell. You, you know, so you're always, you know, you always have one that you're working on now you're getting paid for. And then hopefully you're working on the next one. And it seems so silly. Uh, cause you're almost saying this project that I just sold to this network that I'm hoping it's going to get on the air. It's not going to get on the air. So I have to work on the next one. You're, already, you're yeah. already killing it by saying, I have to find my next job, but that's just the reality of it. The reality is most of these things don't get made. So you're constantly working on your next project, almost giving up on this thing that you put all this time and energy into because I have to, I gotta make a check. I gotta, you know, it's a, it's right. a paycheck. I gotta get another paycheck.
1: Right. Do you struggle with that moment? I mean, you might have answered this earlier, but do you struggle with the momentum thing? Is that why you wanna start as soon as possible?
0: Um, or or yeah. have you
1: hone that or have you have you refined you know strengthened that muscle enough that you have that muscle memory that you sit down and you do the work even if it's a, a bit of a, a slog through that to start. The the problem is
0: every time I finish a story and this implies also to my TV writing every time I finish a story I go that's it there's never going to be another story left there's no I've said everything there is to say sure. the, the characters have done everything and I swear this is every single show I've ever written on. And everything that I've written from my book, so there's that, and so there's that fear of, do I? Because you, know, you don't you don't want to cover the same emotional terrain. And is there anything else to tap? Uh, and so that's that's the fear. It's not so much um, is always, am I going to write something that's that's good again? Because mm-hmm. I I like this last piece. Can I do it again in a different way, um, or, or in a better way? And it's so freaking hard especially as I perform these pieces, because I like all of them, but not all of them lend themselves to being performed or some of them don't have the same kind of punch to them. It's, uh, it, it's really hard. Writing is hard.
1: Yeah, it's just hard, hard, but it. But yeah. does it, does it fill the soul? Right. Does yeah. It?
0: And, and, and also, you know, honestly, when you can move people and this is what I get from, you know, we're talking about the show that you came to the show there's like 50 people or something in the audience and um so i entertained 50 people for about an hour to me that gave me far oh, an more an
1: it was about an hour and 15
0: hour and 15 right with the at the end and that i found that more gratifying than you know writing on a show where i entertain millions of people nice. I, you know we have we're talking about 50 versus millions and it's because you can I'm right there with them. I can hear them. I can sense what they're... I can I can hear the laughs. I can hear the cry. I can... I'm right there with it. Yeah. And so, I, that's why I'm always surprised when people... You know, I know many people dream of being screenwriters and selling their work and it's like, you, you know, that's all great. It, it is great, to, you know, but you can get whatever you want and more by just writing something for your community theater as long as it's excellent. Like, yeah. you get... The satisfaction that you'll get if you can if you can do it, you know, is immense, and you, it doesn't have to be on TV.
1: I think that's beautiful, and I think that speaks to another piece of advice you give everyone, which is just make your own stuff, just put it out. Yeah, there. Just yeah. Do that, and we talked about that pretty in depth a couple of podcasts ago, but I, I think it's still important to remind people, like. You have the capability to do it. Um, Stephen Pressfield talks about this thing, resistance with a capital R, and this this, and this momentum that is holding us back and fighting us, trying to keep us from from accomplishing what we are. My brain's going to Spanish, whether i am speaking Spanish so much this week, I was like jumped a locuar. <laughs> so man. just an aside. Okay, so if I'm if I'm stumbling through my words, it's because my brain's speaking two languages right now. Um, but it, it's the thing that's keeping you from accomplishing the thing that you want to accomplish in your life, and. That's the thing you should do. The stronger the resistance, that's the thing that you should put yourself out there to do. We yeah. talked about how resistance is also the source of a lot of self sabotage, and we'll self sabotage because we're afraid of what that thing is.
0: Right. And people think that because oh, I'm getting all this resistance in Hollywood, or 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 resistance from my the writing, and it's not it's not good, or it's not good enough. It you're supposed to have resistance. Yeah. It's supposed. It's like you're, you're, you're getting frustrated by it and like, or, or being defeated by it. Like, don't you understand you're supposed, it's supposed to be there.
1: Yeah. It's resistance training. Go back to bodybuilding. It's resistance. Mm-hmm. The resistance is what makes you stronger. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And exactly. in overcoming th- that. Right.
1: Right. But to think that we deserve the laurels and the rewards without having put in the work. Yeah. I think that's a fool's errand. Right. And, and it's it's unsatisfying and i think there's it's not imposter syndrome imposter syndrome is feeling like you don't deserve where you are i think that there's a real moral karmic separation between anyone who's ever received something they didn't deserve and knowing they didn't put you know they didn't put in the work and they still got the reward i think that eats yeah. you up inside so yeah. that resistance and doing that resistance is the win right
0: yeah, and it's exact, Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good way of thinking about it because you'll always have that nagging insecurity of I don't deserve this, maybe you don't. Whereas if you have the resistance, you will have deserved it. Yeah,
1: I have earned this. And yeah. I, here are, here's the proof of my work to say yeah. that I got here. You know, yeah. again, I go back to that moment I had with the showrunner of Tacoma FD, Steve Lemmy, right? Um, sitting in his house and he told me, you know, I wrote, and I'm gonna, I might get the numbers a little off He was like, so I wrote... 20 projects right we took 20 feature films 20 they took 10 out and they got four made right yeah yeah he's got them on his shelf proudly displayed because that's his proof of work that says i can do this right and that's that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get to that on the note of resistance and self-sabotage you know you mentioned earlier maybe you can't get there maybe you can't finish that project I, i would ask you to to look at and say, is this resistance pushing me back? Is this resistance stopping me from finishing this project because I'm afraid of what it means of the next step? Or is it that you can't get there? And I have an example of this, the very first feature I wrote. I wrote it, I didn't outline it. I had an idea of what it was. It was just like a coming of age comedy. And I wrote the whole thing and I got to act three and I was like, I have no idea where to go from here. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote, I kind of just tied up some bows and walked away from it and that's the best i could do i have never desired to go back to that project because right. i know it wasn't it was not worth my time but it's the best i could do then and i knew right. i was done and i walked away but I, I finished it the best i could at that moment
0: right it served its function it's fine
1: yeah yep. right and i and I had, one, I had one under my belt oh i can do this again i wrote a feature film right but that 95%, right, getting to the finish line and not stepping over, does mm-hmm. that something you ever come up against? Or do you see, do you, do you know people who are like that? Because I'm definitely one of those people. I am one of those who doesn't like the finish work, the details at the end. Oh. I, I can carry the bulk of the weight, and then that 95, that resistance hit me, hits me, and it pushes me back in, in almost every aspect of my life. It's not just writing. It's like, well, that last 5% where it really matters. It's, it's really hard for me to do that piece. Um,
0: you know, even the piece that you saw me perform this weekend, right before the, show, the the house was coming, Cynthia came into my dressing room and I had this thing open. I go, Cynthia, I think I want to cut this line. And, you know, I was still rewriting the damn thing. Mm. She goes, no, 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 you're leaving it alone. And so that's done. Um, and But I still, you know, you always wanted to work on it. But even in the bigger in a bigger f- sense, like, you know, I have this project that I, this goal that I have, which in my mind seems absolutely crazy. I'm still going to do it anyway. I'm still going to try to I do like it that. anyway. You know, it seems app, it seems nuts what I want to do, but I want to do it anyway. I want to tour with my book and I want to bring it, you know, performing what I'm doing. Uh, it's, S- you know, Steven
1: Pressfield would say that's exactly it it's that self-made delusion he says when he's writing he in his mind he's like i don't even like being friends with writers because in my mind i'm the only one there and i'm the only one who can do this job and i'm this is me and he's like it is 100 percent self-delusion and i know that and the other delusion i have is people will love this this will get made this is going to be incredible and i self-delude myself to empower myself to get through the work as i'm yeah. going through the process
0: Right. I, so I guess the answer is the only thing you could focus on is the work. I can't, you know, I can't control that stuff, but, uh, I don't know. I'm still doing it anyway. Cause it gives me energy, you know? Yeah. It, I just yeah. like that, that fire. Hopefully I can make it happen, but I, and I'll, I will keep swinging, figuring out ways, you know, cause I have all these obstacles in front of me. I'll just keep doing it anyway. Cause what, what else am I doing with my time?
1: Right. Right, well, that's something, that that. I, that's something I'm thinking a lot about now too. You know, I've just come off a stretch where I've been the busiest I've ever been professionally, mm-hmm. And on top of that, I had a newborn and I have a toddler. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's been a lot. And it's really been thinking about like, what is my life and the value of my life? And for so much of my life, because of the adversity I went through growing up, it's getting to the next step. Just get to the next step, get to the next step. And now I realize it's like, now it's about living in this moment and enjoying this moment. And I've never really appreciated and enjoyed today or this day. I've had a few of those moments on vacation where I'm not working and it takes three or days to three or so days to get there to just appreciate the now, but I'm so focused on how can I appreciate today? And how can I make today serve me? Because this is my life and I get to live this life. Um, And I think I get a lot of that from you, Mike. I think I really do appreciate the way you do that. And I, you know, as I'm talking about, this is not something I was planning on talking about on the podcast, but really I think there are a lot of people who will appreciate and write and resonate with this a lot of my life has been how do I get through today to get to tomorrow how do I and not and wondering how people can appreciate the fine little moments of just enjoying their day which is not something I've ever been very good at but for you um, I think the thing that really stood out to me and started changing my mind about this is the fact that you know and it's a small thing you go on walks with your wife I think like every day is that right
0: yeah except when it gets cold but yeah almost but every you go day to walk definitely on the weekends
1: and you connect yeah. with her and you have that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's just that, and I, you know, it's that beautiful present moment that you get to have. And, oh, yeah. and I was like, how do I have more of those moments for myself? Like, why am I not cultivating those moments? Why yeah. am I, Why do I feel so busy I can't go for a walk with my family? Yeah. It's not a, not right. a life to live, right? right? So, how do I clear space? How do I make space so that I can do the things that I want to do, enjoy my life, and still be successful? And I found ways to do that, right?
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, and that creative time, by the way, is always—it's it's always well spent, even if, if it doesn't come with a dollar, on it, you know, a dollar Fair. checkbook. But how is it not well spent if you—if you're enjoying it? Um, yeah,
1: that was another thing I took away from that Tim Ferriss podcast. I'm sorry I'm bringing it up so much, but I'll yeah. link to it in the show notes. But I think it's worth a listen. But he—he he talks about how, you know, he's friends with a lot of very successful hedge fund managers and mm-hmm. world class performers, and he said that. One of the things that he's noticed is a lot of these guys spent their first 30 years building this life, and now in their 40s to mid-40s, they're now doing the things they enjoyed doing when they were 13 or 14 years old. Right? They've uh-huh. circled back to that thing. And so for a lot all, of us...
0: Because they're all filthy rich now, they can do that now? <laughs> is that why?
1: No, it's, no I, th- I think it's really more of a... It speaks to the fact that we know what we're supposed to be and do when we're pretty young. And we step into the, we put on our big boy pants, our big girl pants, and we, we go out and we do, that. We, we're adults. And we set aside childish things, if you will. And ultimately, it's like, no, you know pretty early on what you enjoy and what makes you happy. And that's what you spent hours doing as a kid, whether it's playing basketball or whether it's, you know, drawing or whether it's riding, or whether it's, yeah. you know, horseback riding, whatever it is. Like, you did that thing and you would consume you for hours and you loved every moment of it. And he says a lot of his friends are now circling back to that, just enjoying life as much as they can. And it's that little stuff. Like, Ted Ferriss is writing um, fiction for the first time. Oh, wow. wow. Right. And that's just what he did when he was a kid. You just, that's what he did. So for, for anyone listening to this, like what is that thing you did when you're 13 or 14? And for a lot of them, it's probably writing and probably writing or filmmaking
0: pretty, or, yeah. yeah,
1: probably strong indicator that you should be doing this work. And it's worth pushing through that resistance um, and continuing mm-hmm. to progress, uh, you know, project through project through project to build that muscle. So you can get better and better and better. And
0: I'll take it one step further. Many of many of the people listening probably want to have their own film made or whatever, and and uh, and, and they're probably kind of this happens all, all the time it's Like, so you you can, you can shoot whatever you write. You can shoot something small. You don't have to shoot it on the submarine out in the ocean with explosions. You could write a small little scene that takes place on a park bench or whatever, something easy to shoot, and it can be shot on your phone. The only what is the most important is the story that is far more important. Then the dolly shot that you're dreaming of using, uh, the explosions—it's—it's it's just the story, and so it, that comes. You can write that, you know, yeah. and you can shoot it on your damn phone. and You can make something really great and touching, in and in a, on a five-minute piece on the show, and then put it up on YouTube or somewhere. Like it doesn't—it doesn't have to look like what you think it looks like. You think it looks like getting paid. Uh, you know, a million dollars on your script and then having a movie premiere and you walking on the red carpet, it doesn't have to look like that. Right. You know?
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, another great conversation for me. At least I liked it. I don't care about any of you listening. Yeah. We don't, care about you
0: listening. This. yeah <laughs> we don't care about you Yeah. We don't care about
1: you. All right. So uh, let's, let's hit the plugs. Yeah. Uh, wrap up. com slash course. Michael, you have a, a detailed course with hours and hours and hours of information about what it means to be a writer, how to break a story, how to act in a writer's room, the nuances of of Chuffa and chaffa and uh, clams and all that other fun mm-hmm. stuff, as well as case studies. So course if you're interested in learning more about screenwriting and story structure, which I think is incredibly valuable. com slash free, where you give away that first lesson for free. And again, one of the most important insights i think i've ever been given as a writer uh, right there for free so michaeljammer.com yeah. slash free to get that the watch list three really important video pieces to keep you inspired to keep your your creative juices flowing if you will that's uh, michaeljammer.com slash watch list that comes in once a week on fridays so just go sign up for that for free absolutely free and uh your uh your show you want to talk about that
0: yeah, well, that my show, a uh, paper orchestra based on my my forthcoming collection. So we did a couple. We've t- we've done ten shows so far. We did eight in L.A., and I'm shocked we sold them out. We just did two in Boston, and now we're thinking of taking it on the road. And so, if you want me to come to your city, I need your email address and to uh, and tell me what city you're in. So tell go to slash upcoming and I always and, and just you know enter. It's funny because I do a lot of lives, and people like they say come to. I get a lot of people want me to come to Toronto. I'm like, all right, sure. But sometimes people will say, come to Phoenix or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, go to this website and write, give me your email address and say Phoenix. And and then like most don't. And I get yeah. why they don't, <laughs> but I'm not going to your city without a long email list of people who are potentially want to see the show. And if you're scared of give, if you're scared of trusting me with your email address because I'm going to spam you, just know I'm not going to do that because I want to, it's no. only for the show. But if you're scared if you of giving it, me your email, then you're scared of, you should be scared of giving me your credit card. It's like you're not going to give me that, so yeah, uh, I, I need I, the list.
1: I want to point out too, you you're very clear about what what people get what emails from you, and that's something yeah. that you make it before we send any type of promotion or anything like that. That's something that you make it clear, and that's when the the list and the watch list. They're separate things, and they get that thing. That's it. And yeah, so we talk about, about the list.
0: Cause we don't want to abuse anybody's trust. It's not the, and, and we're not selling, you know, we're not going to sell to a boner pill company or whatever. You know? <laughs> right. We keep your, the emails are, they're hard no. won, So we don't give them away. <laughs>
1: No, there are literally no sponsorships on this podcast. And we've talked yeah. about that, right? Yeah. But that, that There aren't because we're not, you know, that's part of the reason we don't spend five to ten minutes at the beginning of the podcast talking about things because there's no po- yeah. sponsors to plug.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but just go take care of yourself. And if you want to be a writer, you know, do the step, take the steps you need to do to get better at your craft. And your course, in my opinion, is one of the best things you can do. And if you want to learn how to do, how to be vulnerable in your storytelling go to Michael's performance. Uh, I learned yeah. a ton and it, uh, it was invigorating and inspiring and uh, encouraged me to be braver about the way that I tell my stories.
0: Yeah. Thank you. All right, everyone until next time. Thank Keep you. Phil.
1: Yep. Keep writing. Bye. This has been an episode of screenwriters. Need to hear this with Michael Jamin and Phil Hudson. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jammin Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.